Thank you for joining the Dark Light Podcast. Here at the Dark Light Podcast, you will find information about the absolute truth. Hang on tight as we go to discover the light in the darkness. Just the other day, I was listening to, you know, some of those talking heads on TV, you know, those televangelists, you know, the ones that are on 24-7, and they're teaching, preaching Christian doctrines from the pulpit, and they have their own networks that run 24-7 on cable, television, all over the world. And one of these very prominent multi-millionaire pastors was talking about the different Bibles. And he made the statement that we should discard our new gospel, new English Bibles, and go back to just reading the King James version of the Bible because, according to this talking head, the King James Bible is translated word for word. I assume that he refers to the translation process as if the translators themselves are inspired. But he suggested that the exact word in the original language, whether that be Hebrew, Greek, Aramaic, Latin, was then somehow transliterated exactly into the same English word in the King James Bible, and then somehow all the other translations in English of the Bible were somehow mistranslated. So he was making the argument to his congregation that they should only read from the new King James Bible or the original King James Bible, as he calls it, maybe the 1611 edition. I don't really know which King James Bible he was actually referring to, I'm not even sure he knows himself because he lied. Now, this goes on day in and day out. And it's one of the reasons why so many people disregard the Christian faith, the Christian gospel, the good news gospel of Jesus the Christ. The one way to obtain eternal life. It's because the talking head theologians are lying to you about many, many things, including the translation process. So I began to dig to see if I could show the fact that when these translators are translating, whether it's the King James Bible, the New International Bible, the Living Bible, 
uh, whichever translation, Revised Standard Version, the American Revised Standard Version, whatever Bible it happens to be, the translators, which are usually a committee of nine or ten or twelve or fifteen or sometimes fifty theologians that sit around a table and argue, discuss, debate which words they're going to use in whatever language they're translating into and how they're going to understand the words themselves that they're translating from the languages they're using as originals. Most translators only use the Greek Septuagint as their main source of information when translating the Bible into English. This is a very important fact that is highly overlooked, highly disregarded by many, many pastors, theologians, priests, and those who know better those who are trained to know what's really going on, those who can read Greek and Hebrew and Latin, they know the translation process from Greek to English, from Hebrew to English, from Latin or German or whatever language they begin with into English. So that the English translations of the Holy Bible are written in such a way that the translators themselves must decide how to translate the words themselves. So for a minister in any denomination to suggest that there is one and only one correct English Bible is a lie of astronomical proportions. It's a lie because nothing could be further from the truth. The process of translation itself dictates that the words themselves cannot be word-for-word translated because every language has nuances. Every language has words which are not used in other languages, so that when you meet one of those words in the translation process, you have to decide, how am I going to translate that word when there's no comparative word into the language that I'm translating? Happens all the time. So we must understand that the lies that are being told from these churches from these evangelical, Bible-thumping, Baptists, Methodists, Presbyterians, Lutherans, Roman Catholics, Latter-day Saint Mormons, all of them, they're all lying to you. And I'm going to show you that today using two verses from the King James Bible. It's very important that you remember the truth as it is in Jesus, is how you will obtain eternal life. The truth, as it is in Jesus, is the way, the truth, and the life. 
The truth, as it is in Jesus, is the only way to obtain the glorious future, the immortal, everlasting life. The truth, as it is in Jesus, is the only way to understand and to know God. Psalms 84, verse 2, the New International Version. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. In the King James Version of the Bible, the same verse. My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. So you can see that this verse appears on the surface whether read in the New International Version in English or in the King James Version in English, they're very similar, use very similar words. But if you look closely, it's not the English translation that's the issue. It's the words themselves. The second word in this verse is soul. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. This word soul in English, in both of these translations, comes from one word. And that one word has been given a number. That number in the Strong's numbering system is 53.15. So, let's look at that same word in Genesis 1, verse 30. In the New International Version, it says, And to all the beasts of the earth, and all the birds in the sky, and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. In the King James Bible translation, it says, And for every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything 
that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life. I have given every green herb for meat, and it was so. So you can see that these two verses are saying very similar things. The idea is the same. But the details are what just changed. The translators in this verse, in the King James Version, decided to take one word and change it into one English word, and that word is life. But when we read that same word in the book of Psalms, they changed it to the word soul. And then when we go to the New International Version of the Genesis verse, we see the phrase, the special, supposedly exclusive phrase only used for man as breath of life. But it's now applied to all living things. So we can see that the translators are trying to understand in their own minds how are we going to tweak, twist the issue so that in English, when people are reading their Bibles, they're going to get different ideas about one word. Yes, one word. And that word is nefesh. This word has many uses. So many, in fact, that when the translators put this word in a lexicon, which is where we take the words apart in their original language and then give them meaning in English and explain them with English words, they let us know that this word in the original languages of Hebrew has no use, or it is unused, is how they phrase it. Whenever they put that an unused word, it means the translators have much more latitude to use that word any way they want when they translate it. So, for instance, if I had a word in English that was like a name of a person and I called you up on the phone and I said to you, so what's your child's name? And you said to me, oh, their name is Sam. Right away, we're going to be asking ourselves the question, hmm, is that child a boy or a girl? And in this day of non-binary people, it gets even more confusing. But there are words in English that have been around for a very long time that are used interchangeably between the genders. A boy or a girl can be named Sam. 
Usually when we name a girl Sam, we name her Sammy. And when we name a boy, we name him Samuel. But you could just name your child Sam. Lots of girls are named Sam. Lots of boys are named Sam. So the word Sam in English doesn't let you know right away in any context whether that's a girl or a boy. The same holds true for many Hebrew words, like the word here translated life, breath of life, and soul. This word has been translated in more than a hundred different English words. And so, when we look at this word in the King James Bible, it's been translated at least 10 different ways in the King James translation of the Bible. This is very important to understand because it immediately destroys the idea that there is some sort of magical inspiration that the translators are using when they decide what word they're going to translate from one language to another language, from Hebrew into English. So that the context of the verse or the perceived context of the verse has a very high influence on the translators themselves when they're trying to determine what word to put there in whatever language they're translating into. So, for instance, in English, they have to decide, do I put the word life, or do I put the word breath of life, or do I put the word soul, or do I put the word mind? In one translation, that word, one word, has been translated as perfume. So you begin to see that the translation process, even for the King James Version translators, is not word-for-word translation. It is thought translation. The idea that they think the verse is trying to convey influences the actual words that they use in the translation process. Let me be very clear. It is an astronomical lie to suggest that only the King James Bible was somehow magically translated by God himself, word for word, into English from Hebrew and Greek. Nothing could be further from the truth. And this lie forms the foundation of all denominational ideology, of all of the so-called ideas, theology, systems that are found within the churches themselves. These denominations and their pastors have decided that it's more important to have members and congregations 
and people following them, buying their books and listening to their sermons than to actually tell people the truth itself. So we see here again in Genesis 1 verse 30 that this one word which is given a number of 5315 nephesh is translated as simply the word life in the King James translation but in the New International translation it's translated as breath of life the same breath of life phrase appears for this word in the King James Bible in Genesis chapter 1 and it is for this reason that the new international version translators translate this one word here in Genesis as breath of life the Strong's Concordance, which follows the King James Bible translation, tells us that this word, 53, 15, nephesh, is a soul, but it has been translated living being, life, self, person, desire, passion, appetite, emotion. So the Strong's concordance is admitting to the fact that even the translators of the King James translation have translated this one word, number 5315 Nefesh, in multiple ways and that it's derived from a unused word in Hebrew. As I said previously, anytime they tell you, the translators tell you that they're using a word that is unused in Hebrew or Greek or Latin, it gives them almost carte blanche uh, ability to then manipulate this word in English or whatever language they're translating into. It's very convenient because there's no way to really double check the use of the word. So now that we can see the process that is being used, it's interesting to realize that there are whole denominations who hang their theology about God, life, human life versus animal life or soul life. They hang their entire theology on the translation of one word and then act Like the phrase, breath of life, means something special and can only be applied to humans. But here we see one word, 
the word life, the word breath, heart, being, soul, applied in the New International Version as the famous phrase, breath of life. So let me be clear. When we see words like soul and heart and mind in the Holy Scriptures, we must always ask ourselves, what is it that the translators are either trying to tell us or what is it that they're trying to hide? Because it goes both ways. But be not deceived. God is not mocked. You will know the truth. And the truth, as it is in Jesus the Christ, will set you free. You have been listening to The Dark Light. Thank you for joining us. Please like, subscribe, and tell your friends about The Dark Light Podcast. We would love to have you here each and every day to discover the light in the darkness. Thank you.